0: And welcome back to Coaching with the Bible. This is episode 170, season 4, episode 10. Today is the eighth day of the holiday of Hanukkah, and our topic of the week is on the healing of others. As I was preparing for this week's presentation, I got stuck. Um, The portions in the Bible that are in front of us now are full of incredible stories and storylines, and a lot of teaching and a lot of learning. Everything is a learnable moment in any single one of them. And I got stuck getting lost in the details of the story in the way that I understood it before and the way I understand it always. And it took me a long time to sort of get to this presentation on the subject, and I hope that it. Uh, qualifies an interesting aspect of the story that maybe perhaps gets lost. As we set to end the holiday of Hanukkah, the lighting of the last candle last night, today the last day, putting away the menorahs, the extra candles for another year, there's a sadness that sets in uh, with the end of the holiday. It's sort of, I mentioned it, not necessarily in coaching with the Bible, but in other contexts, it's just sort of ebbs away and the end of the day comes and it's gone. And there's no sort of moment where you drop anchor on it and say, okay, it's over. And you draw, you know, cut like in the movies, none of that. And it just sort of ends and it's sort of weird in that way. Just a comment that I wanted to share. It's an interesting thing. I think it's different than a lot of the other holidays that we have. What I wanted to zoom in in this week is healing. Part of it has to do with what's going on around us here uh, in Israel, and part of what's going on around the world. Um, you know, if like we zoom in a little bit to the Jewish community per se, but globally speaking, there is a lot of healing that needs there's a lot of trauma, there's a lot of anger, there's a lot of dissatisfaction, there's a lot of frustration, there's a lot of negative emotion that is around us all the time. And the healing process is crucial, vital, and obviously necessary for anyone to get anywhere and for whatever next phase needs to come in and to happen. And our experience of what's gone over the last 70 days here feels like collectively we haven't had the chance to collectively heal or certainly collectively mourn. We've all mourned uh, individuals, groups of individuals, in a lot of different ways. But when sort of the immediate event led right into war. And that inter intermediate period was a lot of confusion and distortion and ambiguity for a lot of people. So there's no finality. There's no time to step back and heal. Everyone is on go mode. So operating in a certain way, every emotion, every decision, every thought, Operates and comes from a different and from a kind of place where it hasn't had the opportunity to To assess or to take full measure of the tragedy It's in some way different than other Terror events it's hard to even say that that way Where you say there's an event that happened. It was a shooting. There was in the old days a bus bombing Um, stabbing and then it that event is over and then there's uh, a mourning period and a healing process and here there was none of that Um, so as I said so some individuals and some families have had the opportunity to mourn but the opportunity to heal I think we're not there so we're operating in this sort of space of loss at the same moment that we're trying to heal and I think that doesn't exactly work so well you, de- you deal with the cards that you're, you know that you're dealt, and and so I was thinking about this, and I was thinking about this a lot, and I've been thinking about this a lot, and I was trying to find sort of a context wherein it fit, and I think I found it, and I wasn't expecting it to find it there, which is this. In all of the story in the Bible of Jake of Joseph, excuse me, Joseph and his brothers, there are different realities at play. There is, just to take three, there is a trajectory of Jacob's life from the moment that Joseph disappears. And how Every decision and every action and every emotion is wrapped in the idea that his son is no longer, while the reality in actuality is not true, is not that. The second line is the brothers themselves they're the ones who put this in motion on some level by minimally putting Joseph in the, in the pit, maximally being responsible for his sale, and then losing touch with what happens to him in, those mo- in, in the aftermath. And so there's the reality of their lives in the moving on of their lives from the moment of, the, of that sale, the secret that they hold, and that they live around Jacob with the idea that Joseph is gone, their responsibility, but they don't know the end of that story either. Then there's the third track, which is Joseph's track, which is the track that the Bible covers the most ground on, which is following his story from the moment he is sold through his sort of many journeys and travails um, through and down into Egypt, into one home and then into jail and out of jail and into its incredible life. But the moment that I'm interested in is the moment when the brothers show up. So it's all these years later. Joseph is now the viceroy, second in command. He is responsible for handling the crop and the food and the produce so that there would be enough after the years of plenty for the years of famine. And in there, there's a moment where the brothers then show up. And so for all that time until that point, only for like a hint, a moment or two, does Joseph lift the veil or the mask of his life to remind us that there is pain there. And there's trauma and there's healing that has not yet happened. You know, once when he's in the jail and he asks the baker, sorry, he asks the winemaker, to plead on his behalf for Pharaoh, and he mentions that he wasn't guilty, he didn't do anything wrong, he was stolen from his land, and you see there for the first time, him lifting the veil and being like, very raw about what he experienced. A second example is in this week's portion when he names his sons. So during the years of plenty, he has two sons. And he names them, and he names them in connection and connotation and relationship to what happened to him. One, that sort of, that that's over, that that period of his life is over, and he's trying to move past it. And the second is in the space of the success that he's now had here in Egypt. But again, it's a lifting of the veil into what's going on underneath for Joseph. We don't get that till this point. brothers because they're not really mentioned and we certainly don't get that uh, except after the immediate moment from Jacob either because again he's not mentioned until the moment when it's time for the brothers to come down now the brothers come down to Egypt they're in Egypt and bam like you know out of nowhere there they are there he is Joseph he is much older he looks different he's out of context he's out of place and here come 10 brothers who are also older, who are also coming here, who have no idea who they're meeting with and what they're looking for. They're, they're clueless. And so there's a verse there that says that he recognized them and they didn't recognize him. And I saw a very beautiful explanation of that verse. Rabbi Norman Lamb, in, in a sermon that he delivered 48 years ago on this week's portion mentions the following explanation, which is, I think, out of the typical, which is this. He says that Joseph recognizes where they are in this process, and they don't recognize him for where he is in the process. What that means to say is that Joseph is, has moved further along in the healing process and getting through the trauma of what that experience was and now sort of prosecuting on his dreams and bringing prosperity and and survival to Egypt. So he's in that space. The brothers coming down for food are very vulnerable or in a very weak position, and they have not yet gone through that. He senses that they have not yet gone through any sort of a healing process on this, and then it's confirmed when they're imprisoned and they start to really come apart talking about they should have listened, they should have heard their brother who was crying in the pit, they should have saved him, they should have rescued him, they shouldn't have allowed him to be sold. And what I drew from that is something different, is that even though Joseph puts them through this, he's putting them through this for them to heal. He is able, because he's 13 years past this, more, 20 years past this at this point, and he's able to step back, have a wider perspective. He doesn't quite exactly know how the dreams are gonna be executed upon ultimately, or fulfilled, but he seems to have some sort of comfort or self-compassion for where he is, for where he was. And he is the only one who can help them through this, and they have to get through this and get to the other side of it, otherwise there's no sort of saving Family is saving the situation and so as much as in the past I've looked at some of the things that he's done and wondered about on some level their sense of like a little bit of cruelty in the way he treats his brothers and it may be not the way we think about helping others heal that this is the way we help others heal but it's the way that they heal so putting them through the paces of this process Putting them all in jail and then putting leaving one in, in prison and then sending them back with all their money and putting them through all the adversity and difficulty and anxiety and stress and pressure of it is to put them in a position so that when the right moment is there, they can come together and the healing can be complete for the entirety of the family into the future because they need to be there for that next moment to happen. So this is much, on some level, um, a dark moment for them because the light can't come, let's use that those terms, darkness and light, the light can't come until they've really gotten all the way through the darkness. And so in getting all the way, all the way through the darkness, which what I think is true here is that he realizes also that his healing process can't be completed until their healing process is also completed And it doesn't require one to be done before the other. And so I saw this really great quote, which says, sometimes healing comes after helping someone that is going through the same trauma you went through. Help yourself by helping others. That comes from someone named Ace Antonio Hall. I have no idea who that was. Admittedly, when I saw the quote originally, I thought it was Arsenio Hall, but it's not. It's Ace Antonio Hall. And so that there's something here in the sense that of him healing for himself at the same time that they're healing. So helping them heal will help him heal, will ultimately help everybody heal and get through this trauma and help them get to this. So you see that. So he's present around them. He gives them space to walk through it and to go through it. But he provides enough context and enough frame to force them down a path that they've been avoiding, basically, for about 20 years. And that's really important. Also, I would say that there's an ability to then have a moment with Jacob later on, unless the brothers have come through this at least most of the way before Jacob comes back into the picture, which is sort of what happens here. And so what you get now is helping heal yourself by healing others. That's where Jacob, Joseph is in this. And part of the fulfillment of the dreams, I think differently than he probably admittedly or thought was the case from the beginning is getting the brothers through this, being an anchor for them in a time of real confusion, uh, being a real source of strength for them in a time when they're very much off balance. And at the same time, being a little bit of an agitator so that they can get through the paces that put them in a position for next week's portion where Joseph reveals himself. To his brothers, and I think that there's something very much in there that's very powerful, in the sense of healing others at the same that helps us heal ourselves. We do not have to be fully healed or fully through it, for us to be in a position to help others also go through that at the same time. It's a very important uh, piece of that puzzle, which I, I I think most of us and I definitely thought was not the case. I definitely thought and have always thought that. You can't help someone else heal unless you really have healed yourself. You can't help someone get through trauma unless you yourself have gone through uh, that trauma. And it's not true. Uh, and so what we have to really then work on is developing you know, an understanding of, of someone else's traumatic situation. Again, it's, it doesn't require us being professionals in it, but in the space of where we're working with a family member who's gone through loss or a friend who has gone through a very difficult moment in their life, a breakup, uh, loss of a job, um, God forbid worse, uh, you know. And and so even if we're still sort of sitting in our own and stewing in our own, we can do more. We can be present for them, not maybe completely or more, as much as we could be if we were all the way there, but we can't get all the way there without helping this person get there too. And so there's that bit of a paradox that needs to be there. And which one do you choose? And so it's important to sort of provide a person um, with their need for space. If they're not ready to talk, if they just need to be present, but being present in their space to help them work through it. If it's being there for listening to them, even just moan and groan and complain about it um, without being quote unquote, helpful. I think that's really important. And being patient with them because this is a long process. Joseph's brothers have not dealt with this for 20 years. They're not going to just suddenly deal with it now um, when, you know, in an immediate moment. This is going to take a little bit of time. And so being patient, being present, really paying attention, really listening. And then also I think really important for yourself and for ourselves is to really have Self care, making sure that you provide for yourself that sense of personal uh, space and personal love for self, even while it is that one is going through uh, this very, very difficult time. And I think when we are able to do that, we put ourselves in a position to be much more helpful, much more valuable, much more impactful and a much better source of healing for the people that are around us. Especially in the moment when they maybe don't feel like the healing is there. And so I think that's a very power message for Coaching with the Bible this week. That's true, again, whether it's for your, you know, for your spouse. Um, it's true for sibling, friend, neighbor, relative, coworker, employee, teammate, partner. Really in every one of those spaces. Instead of sort of forcing them and rushing them and pushing somebody through something, appreciate where they are in that process. Appreciate that that process, you know, and sort of like similar to the sort to the, of the five stages of grief, that there's a that there is an ebb and flow in a healing process, an emotional healing process from an emotional pain or an emotional break. And so, giving the person that space, being there for them in that way, really paying attention to them, listening to them, caring for them, being compassionate you know, having that very high level of empathy for them in those spaces. Like, this is where this is at. And even though, again, even though where the way that Joseph maybe, you know, executes on this is not the way maybe that we would expect or need or want, there's a reason the Bible goes through it in the way that it does and teaches, to way, teaches, up, teaches it to us in the way that it does. And so I would implore you to look further into the details of how Joseph goes about executing on this, and moving the brothers through this process, being this person for them, even if they're not paying attention or aware of it, until they actually become the thing. And with a quote like we always do in Coaching with the Bible, it's this. Helping other people can be a cure, not just for those who are in need, but for your soul as well. That is Coaching with the Bible for this week. See you next week.